Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, but it's a positive thing, Paul. The High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. Find out my secret. I think he has. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shyetti. How are you doing? Oh, I'm alright. Um, so what is our episode going to be about this time? Well, um, we're going to be talking to another podcaster, uh, a podcaster of many shows that are sort of connected with this one, such as Round the Archives. Uh, somebody who um, does a podcast with our good friend Martin Holmes, who appears regularly on this show. His name is Andy, Andy Priestner, and he usually talks about TV, particularly Doctor Who, but also on his show with Martin, lots of different shows. Anyway, let's run the theme music, and when we come back, we'll meet Andy. And this time, we won't be talking about TV, we're going to be talking about some of his favourite music from that theme. It's time for my old buddy, old pal, from across the channel, across the pond, Paul Chandler, the shy daddy. He's not that shy. Oh, it's the shy life podcast. Yeah. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? He's got all that shy is right. <laughs> Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. He's positively glowing. <laughs> I've got your I've got one of your Spotify well, I've got access to any of your Spotify listeners, so if I Gosh, so I can, that's so I scary. Can, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I just want to sort of dig into some of the, sto- the stories that you know, but, oh, okay. you know what yeah, kind yeah. of. Sometimes, sometimes when you're choosing your sort of like songs you love, they, they, there's a really weird story behind it, or well, sort of. It's not always as simple as oh, you bought it the day it came out, or. Um, no, exactly. Uh, yeah, and um, cause I, I know uh, I know one of your uh, is your favourite song. The strawberry switch parade one is that is that is yeah since yeah. yesterday yeah that's the one like I just obsessed about for years and if I have to you know under gunpoint I would say if all the other records had to go that would be the one that would be left yeah, <laughs> yeah well that's a good song it's a good song um, I was it's, I think it's even one of those ones that I I remember um, I remember from the time but I was really I, I was really interested in the sixties and seventies up until. Up until about '88, uh, so I, I, I must. Have, I, I guess I was watching Top of the Pops, but uh, so I, I do. Yeah. I do remember. Um, do remember that, and, and I, and I've, I'm sure I've got it somewhere as well. Um, but it, it, what, what was it about? What was it about that song? Can you pinpoint it at all? I just remember loving the aesthetic of it because. Although there's kind of the the new romance sort of stuff that was coming out around that time, sort of 84, sort of time 83, 84, this kind of was daring to be different. It was kind of a bit punk inspired. Mm. And these girls were from Glasgow. And I kind of like that aesthetic of like they were kind of came from nothing, but they were making something of their lives and they were kooky and kind of Americana folk pop rock inspired as well but it was just the sound was different to everything else and i just remember i just kept literally walking into the center of town so i could walk past record shops to see where it was in the charts because it was in those days when they put the records up mm. in the window so you could see the move up and down the chart on yeah, the window. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just um i just love the the pop basicness of it I, I I love basic pop. Or I, I mean, I love other things as well, but that has such a, a great feel-good 
feel, but it's actually quite a dark song, yeah, isn't yeah, it? If you look yeah. at the lyrics. <laughs> and, and did you did you get the album? Did you follow? Were you like a total fan? No, it's funny that um, I didn't get the album until um, years later, and then I got the best of and played it to death. But it was a Japanese import I got because they got re- one of those bands because it was kind of all like. Um, Oh, I don't know what that sort of pop's called, but that sort of pop that really went down well in Japan, like Shampoo yeah. did really well there. Yeah, and other, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was all the Japan releases. But um, yeah, I just re- rediscovered that that they had other hits before it that were different. Yeah, it was a good album. Yeah, yeah. I, I recently bought, because I've been collecting vinyl, um, which is something I've done on, on and off, but I think it's, it's you know, because of um, lockdown and stuff, it's, it's something to distract me. Um, and I, I've ended up buying a few sort of, because uh, I'm, I'm a big ABBA fan, and I ended up buying a few of the Japanese releases. So ah, I've got like yeah. a, I've got like a a, a red um, vinyl of a of a of a Spanish album they did, but it's a Japanese release. So so it's kind of a real mixture. That is, that isn't it? That's a proper <laughs> continental. Well, po- <laughs> more than continental. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I know you also like the Bangles. Um, do you like them for the same reason you like Strawberry Switchblade, or is it different reasons? I kind of like the angst of them. I was never into sort of like thrashy, metally angst. It was more sort of mm. like um, angst on a sort of more pop level. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, the songs like from everything, like um, Complicated Girl, Bell Jar, mm. um, they were kind of like angsty, but kind of in a kind of safe way because I wasn't kind of angry at the world. I, I was at a place where I just wanted to feel comfortable. So because I'd had loads of sort of angst because my parents almost divorced and it was all horrible in the house, mm-hmm. I kind of, that my listening, I think, was shaped by that. And it was much more, let's be a bit angsty on a kind of um, a low-key level. <laughs> Does yeah, that make yeah. sense? Yeah, I, I, it was everything that was sort of the point where I really got into them because um, I, I'd started buying sort of, modern albums from about uh so, well I, I can pinpoint it to actually by the pet shop boys coming out and, and after that i started sort of being more confident buying um like contemporary stuff i th- i think i feel like i was kind of although i, I love abba and the beatles it was they were bands that my parents directed me to yeah so i think they thought well we don't mind hearing them them playing in the house but, but you know better to try and control what, what he listens to rather than let him so so I'm, but I, you know that kept me busy for quite a long time because there's quite a lot of and then i started going off onto side things so yeah uh obviously i like i like dabber so then i was like well what other bands are there two men and two women so obviously i started buying bucks fizz albums yeah. uh, which <laughs> so so um and then around that time one of the new girl from Bucks Fizz had joined and she was from Salisbury where I come from. So that gave it an extra excite- bit of excitement as well. But, oh, right. uh, Connection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, other than, other than Abba and the Beatles, I, I, the, I, the first album I bought, which wasn't them was a greatest hits of the, of Blondie. And I remember hiding it under my bed because I, cause I thought, well, it's, it's not Abba and the Beatles. I might get told off. <laughs> oh, wow. Was that, was that parallel lines? Um, well, I bought, I bought the greatest hits, uh, one. So that had, oh, okay. that, yeah. So yeah, that yeah. had, I mean, I have, I have, yeah. I have all of Blondie several times over now, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the time, Everything came along. I, I was sort of, uh, yeah. I thought, well, uh, the Bangles are sort of, yeah, that, that they're a band to, to like. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Although I, I struggle with um, the all the adoration for um, Eternal Flame. I mean, it's a good song, but it was just like you know, I always like to look at. I'm, I'm always like, oh, I, but I like this mm-hmm. album track, and mm-hmm. I know, like this one that you don't yes. know. You know, there's sort of that sort of protect fake muso thing going on because i'm not a muso at all but i i like to talk about the tracks that other people don't talk no, about it's, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's good i mean in, in the noughties a big group of us were were fans of girls aloud and 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 that sort of you know there was there, there, there really, really poppy stuff that was sort of electro pop that was going on but it was always it wasn't the yeah. It wasn't the singles or that people were talking about. It was always the album tracks or the B sides because that's where the weird. Sure. And it wasn't really about the people in the band. It was about the Xenoma- and the Xenomania who wrote the songs that you, you were sort of more interested in ah, okay. um, because, because it yeah. was it, it was it was a style that, and that they were just the people singing the songs. Uh, but uh, hmm. so 
going right back, what, what would you say was the yeah. the first music that you loved? Well, the first single that I was bought and I asked for it was Darts, Come Back My Love. Uh, do you know it? Uh, I'm <laughs> sure I do if I, 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 I heard it. Cause... Come back my love, yeah. don't go away. Anyway, it's a kind of, um, what is it? It's doo-wop. Mm-hmm. Doo-wop, um, but it's British doo-wop. And I just thought it was amazing, but I was kind of like four Mm, (laughs) so i guess that's quite early um but that was kind of that was kind of really like the record i just played all the time and then after that the first one i bought was a few years later was actually quite sad now and i don't like it now but it was um this old house by shaken stevens (laughs) but it was a big hit at the time you know and i was i was nine or eight or something so it was Okay, you know what I mean. Well, I was I was massively into the Wombles, so I, I have no I have no well, I, and I'd still listen to the Wombles now. In fact, I did. Oh, I, I had re- I had I had remember you were a Womble and Bungo's birthday on the B side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I was going through some of my. I've been buying so much vinyl, and I got to the point where I was thinking, I, I don't actually know what's in that pile of vinyl. I, I really want to go through it uh, to, uh, yeah. to make sure I'm not buying duplicates. And and I think this was just before Christmas, and I found I, I, I've forgotten that I had a copy of like a compilation which was themed around Christmas. Although all the songs, there's only like what the one song that was Christmassy, and, and I put I put that on on Christmas Day, and my my cat Dealey came into the uh, into the bedroom and, and was like clearly was quite enjoying the, the sound of the Wombles and just curled up in my arms and we sat there listening to a whole side of the of, of the Wombles before. So I've been listening to them very recently. <laughs> now, the, the interesting thing about the Wombles is it's um, produced by Mike Batt. Yes. Yeah. And when I, I had a phase in the late 80s, early 90s, where I was massively into the folk rock group Steel Eye Span. Mm. And that for a period in the 70s, about the same time as he did the Wombles, he also, um, what's the word, he... Uh, he not led Steel Eye Span. He wasn't the singer. He was kind of he produced them. Mm. That's the word. Mm. Sorry, stupid obvious word. Um, he <laughs> produced Steel Eye Span. So you get there are two albums that are really just like the Wombles, but they're mm. it's, it's it's really weird. Um, in like all around my hat, it's an obvious sort of Womble song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I've um, I've I've tweeted Mike Bat a few times. He 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 oh. he, 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 he um. He, and he will respond. And he, I think I, I think I told him that um, uh, that the lyrics of Minuetto Allegretto and Super Womble about are, are two of the songs that um, I can sort of memorise and um, sometimes come out come out with them at parties when I'm when I've got anything else to say. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think he just why not? I think he just sort of <laughs> very endearingly kind of told me how sad I was, but but it was quite it was quite pleased about it. I think. Yeah, so, I think but, secretly, yeah, yeah, because I'm we're about the same age, you and I, I think. So um, yeah, yeah, we 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 are the we are the the, the Womble generation. <laughs> the Womble generation. That's quite a good moniker for our generation, isn't it? I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so. <laughs> So yeah, after darts and 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 taking Stevens, um... yes. it went up from there. I like to think, yeah, <laughs> it was the best start. But um, yeah, just lots of lots of pop after that. But everything that was around at the time, like I remember loving "Keep Feeling Fascination" by the Human League. I was obsessed with oh, that, yeah. just because it was such a melodic, different. Oh, I just felt it was just taking you somewhere completely different. And it was also, weirdly, it was one of the few moments where I felt I was kind of in tune with my classmates and they were like, oh, we all love that song. Mm-hmm. And that that was one of the few times, because the rest of the time it was Duran Duran, Spano Ballet, and it was like, they're okay, but I'm not really into the the more mainstream ones, the ones that everyone liked. I was like, maybe not so much. Yeah, but, um, I, yeah. I, um, I, I think the trouble with me was because I was still very much into ABBA after ABBA uh, had split up. Yeah. It was always my friend's mums who'd say, oh, well, we like ABBA, which didn't help at all. <laughs> no, um, that's not going to help but, you, is it? I, but- <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think between between liking ABBA and liking Doctor Who in the early to mid 80s I, I couldn't have i couldn't have backed two, two less popular horses i think yeah absolutely i mean i still remember how yeah how i didn't talk about doctor who late 80s really no uh, i tried not to i think i i sort of i sort of did but luckily the friends i i had i wasn't really trying to impress 
No. You know, and, and I, so luckily I, I sort of had the trivia people who didn't mind me talking about it. And <laughs> yeah, that was, that helps. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I, I also went to quite small schools. So I think if I'd have been in a massive, rough, comprehensive school, then maybe I, I would have had to have <laughs> toned it down a bit. But. Well, this, this is the thing. And I remember regularly, because I lived up in Newcastle and and around there and up north anyway, okay. up north. And you'd regularly get stopped by your classmates or people out in the street or in a park saying, you two are simple minds. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> and Duran Duran Spandau Ballet, neither. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. just, it was quite a, a, a difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would say that I became a Duran Duran fan, but I, I wasn't really... Ah. Not from the time that I think a lot of my, a lot of my music, I kind of that it, it's just when, when I get to them sort of thing. So I call, I, I got to, yeah. I got to Duran Duran. I went to Spain to like Marbella or something, and it and and I was pretty a pretty good teenager. I wasn't really a grumpy teenager, and I can pinpoint it to this one holiday we went to Marbella, where I just took loads of Target yeah. novelizations and uh, and just kind of read and, and Agatha Christie and just read one a day um, for the two weeks we were away. But I also remember that I picked up a copy of Decade, their first greatest hits, on tape, and and oh. listened to that a lot that holiday, and and then. I, I I did slowly sort of sort of get it get into them and and that now I'd say they're one of my favourites. Oh really? Uh, okay. I, I I yeah. I never really got into them. No. I think it's the, I think it's partly the the tunes, but I think it's also partly the the fashions uh, the changing fashions. I, I was I think I mean I think that's what I like about the female artists that I that I like. Mm. You, know, I, you know you like to see see what Madonna looked like here and there and then or Kylie changing her looks yeah. and, and Duran Duran one of the few male bands who who did have quite a change in appearance and um yeah but i mean i'm talking of look i mean that's one of the things that used to fascinate me about gary newman mm. i always loved gary newman just because he was so different and out there and loved his music yeah and H- howard jones as well he was really trendy i mean his he had all that big high hair because yeah. he was so short yeah. but <laughs> I, I loved me a bit of howard jones pill in the shell life in one day all of that stuff loved it what, what, what is your opinion of the Thompson twins, good or bad? Um, I think that was coloured by the fact that my sisters liked them, so uh, I kind of therefore couldn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was kind of like, no, I don't like them, they're rubbish. But <laughs> they, they were, which is rubbish, because they're just as good as, as the other things I liked. Um, but yeah. um, no, I didn't really... I think they bought their singles, so I would listen to them. Yes. But um, like Doctor, Doctor, and Lay Your Hands On Me, all that. Yeah, yeah, it was, they, were, they were good, yeah. Again, I'm not sure how much... That- I listened to them at the time, but a mixture of sort of get. Once I got into the eighties, I was kind of try, you know, trying to claw back and find out what I'd missed. And and it was also around the time then through Doctor Who magazine that I got loads of pen friends and met some some of a uh, friend of the show Elaine, who who's sort of connected to around the archives as well and things. Right, and, and yeah. she is eight and a half years older than me, so she it was. I didn't have an older sister, but I I did sort of with her, and she'd be doing me compilations of of, of um, Gary Newman. Or, or early Depeche Mode, and, and or, or she, she, I think it was through her that I found out about Thompson Twins albums. Used to have like on the tape, they'd have the album on one side and then remixes on the B side. Ah, um, yeah. So, there, so I, yeah, I think it, it sort of helped um, meeting somebody who had been. I mean, I remember Elaine was very keen on. Um, um, Adam and the Ants. I think she was probably. I think she used to dress up as Adam and the Ants and go around the supermarket dressed as Adam and the Ants and things. I remember that was a cool thing to like at school. It, I remember in my middle school that I could say that and it was safe. Yeah. You could like Adam Ant. But yeah. I think now you look back on him, he's quite camp. Yeah. But at the time, well, very camp. But at the time, it was okay for any boy to like them. And I remember that um, there was a definite craze of people wearing feather earrings and doing that white stripe across their nose for parties and stuff. And I remember all of that happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although some of the ones that I, I go back to of his now are the more are the more either punky or the less. The less camp ones, like Desperate Not Serious and things like that, right. which, yeah, which uh, yeah. um, and, and of course, there's always. Um, I don't know if you're aware of a, a podcast called Unflopped. It's, no. it, it's, it's a very good podcast about songs that should have been hits but never were. So right. yeah, they, yeah. they do it in two teams where they, uh, where each episode, one of the guys has chosen the song and the other one has, and then another guy in the middle 
judges. If you ever see me tweeting a song and I put hashtag unflopped, it's because I'm I'm tweeting a song which I know didn't do very well. Oh, I'm I hoping see. that they'll yeah, I'm hoping cover, that they'll yeah. select it. Yeah, they cover it. Um, oh, that's but, a good uh, recommendation. Thank you. Yeah. Can you think of any songs that you really like that? never did as well as you would you think they should have done oh that's a difficult one Ah. no i can't think um it's more often that the fact that you think well why didn't they ever release that one you know it's like things that you think well that was my hit off this album and they didn't release it and that's really strange um but again i'm really struggling to think right now well a good example is eddie reader the song prayer wheel which i don't think Mm. was ever properly released but that was just Mm. such a banging brilliant folky mm. rocky song that was just amazing and it i don't think it was released anyway sometimes they release in the wrong order i can think of two examples i, mean, I wasn't really buying them at the time but later looking back um with, with buggles they had video killed the radio star but then the the best other single off that album was called elstree uh-huh. and that was like the fo- that was like the fourth single and the the second and third singles did increasingly less well yeah. so by the time we got to the fourth one i think it scraped in at 40 um and, and i just said well they should have released it was clear, quite you know listening to it it's quite clear that elstree was a great single it should have been the second single um and, and i'm also thinking the same with i was when i went to university I, it was around the time that tasman archer um uh was number one with sleeping satellites yeah and I um, th- then then the, like the next single was a, a bit of a sad ballad and it did okay but yeah th- the later singles were much that were were much better i think you know considering she was a new artist you you need to kind of reel people in not not jump yeah. to the, the really serious stuff within the second single it's it's too much yeah. you know i have just thought of one um eurythmics um the song the last time which I mm-hmm. think is my favourite Eurythmic song, and it's, I don't think, was a single, or if it was, it kind of didn't chart. But that was the end theme of Outrageous Fortune. That was the, mm. the closing theme, yeah. They, they were a funny band. I was actually thinking about the... I, th- I think you must have communicated to me telepathically, because I was just thinking, I, not, I must say something about the Eurythmics. Um, <laughs> the, the, they were such a weird band in that a, sing- a single of theirs could do massively well, and then the next single could be like number 32 or something and yeah and the next one would strange. be number top, top four. and i think it followed into um uh in 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 and Lennox's solo stuff as well where that's big solo album she had uh diva it had had some really big hits and it had some sort of lower ones and then the next one would be high again and then yeah. it was just really really strange i've just bought all of the mix albums on vinyl around christmas so i shall be having a um uh, uh, sort of go all the way through them but yeah. uh, oh uh, um, you mentioned books first before i have to admit that there's one of their songs um guilty pleasure but my favorite <laughs> books Fizz song is unquestionably and my wife would tell you that she's fed of me playing it and just singing to it really badly and that is <laughs> i hear talk oh i hear talk's amazing yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is another that is another one that would go, fall into our little pot of of songs that should have done better yeah. because it only got to like number thirty two. Well, I know it came it came out at a bad time because they'd had their yeah. coach crash and stuff. Yes, but, there's something about the build of the start of that. Oh, it just oh, it does something to me. I'm like back in my spine, sort of tingly stuff. And I know it's a pop <laughs> song. It's just a pop song, but it really. Oh, that's, does it? It me. doesn't sound cheesy com- or anything compared to. It sounds like it would totally fit into what was going on at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I uh, yeah, that, that's one of my because uh, I think they also included that on their next album, which was the first album with the the new girl. Oh, um, so I think okay, they because yeah. it hadn't done well. I think they almost sort of maybe maybe the second time around. But uh, um, yeah. the, the one I like, I love of Bucks Fizz is one of the ones that doesn't sound much like them at all it's when we were young um because she sings it all really like almost robotically and um i I, but if you play that to people and you go guess the band people never can unless unless they you know they unless they they they're like yeah yeah, unless they're like us yeah yeah Yeah, no that's a good song i know it yeah but um i i i I don't know why it is i often find box pieces of the band i end up watching videos of on youtube at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> when, I, when i should have got to bed hours ago and i also have to say i was just about to say earlier that 
The Fears, the album by The Fears, mm. is one of the most perfect callbacks to an earlier period of any album I've ever listened to. And I know people take the piss out of The, the Fears and the fact that, oh, they're not called Bucks Fears anymore. But that album, that new album they did two or three years ago, so mm. good, honestly. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. They've had another one, but I haven't listened oh, to that Oh, I don't yet, know but, about uh, it. Yeah, yeah but, uh, yeah, and I, I kind of think, well... I know somewhere the, there's, a, there's the other version of, of well, there's the version of Boxbees that can call themselves Boxbees, but it only has only, it only has Bobby <laughs> yeah, G. In. And if you've got if you've got a, I know he had the strong voice, but if you want if you're you're going to go for the one with the three original members, of course in, you are, really. of course yeah. you are, because it's all but, about that uh, aesthetic, and yeah, you want three female, not one. <laughs> not one. Um, I mean, most of most of the songs where Bobby G. sung lead vocals sounded more like they they were him, sort of touting for a solo career anyway um, yeah there was that one he did uh, for big deal do you remember that oh that's right yeah yes, yeah. yeah yeah that was uh, the... i think that it might even have ended up on one of their greatest hits oh ah, really song. okay but, yeah uh, i think it was his only song oh was it the only song. <laughs> i managed, <laughs> the only song I managed to name did. bobby g's only solo hit i think i should get uh, yeah, points for that so. <laughs> um but uh, <laughs> uh but yes yeah, so, um so sort of Moving from the eighties, what what sort of bands would you or or singers would you have been following in the nineties? Well, definitely Kirsty McCall. So I think Mm -hmm. I think was it eighty nine or eighty eight? Kite came out, Um, and after that, Titanic Days. I loved. um, Obviously, much later, Tropical Brainstorm. But those three albums are just like really important to me. Kirsty McCall is just a brilliant singer songwriter, and you know how people always you know R.I.P. That person died. Honestly, nothing affected me as much as Kirsty dying in, was it 2000, 2001, that sort of time? Yeah. And yeah. really, she just believed everything she sang. She lived all the lyrics. Actually, an early single of mine was New Eng- A New England, so that's quite a long time ago. Isn't that was yeah. more like 82, yeah. was it? But anyway, uh, yeah. um, just the way she breathes life into her songs and there's so much truth and honesty and... Also, insecurity. Oh, just and also a commentary on on Britain. I, I just think it's unsurpassed, and I just love her. And I came to her more, I think, through French and Saunders. Uh, I was because she had that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, to say yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had that guest spot for that series um, or two series maybe, yeah. and that introduced me to those songs like Fifteen Minutes and Don't Come the Cowboy with Me, Sunny Jim, yeah. and. It was always those songs rather than the hit, which was Days, yeah. that I um, really, really liked. But something about Kirsty, just Did, yeah. Didn't she do a, ver- didn't she do a version um, of Benson Saunders of Trains and Boats and Planes with Raw Sex as the background? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> something yes, like that. Always, always something silly. Oh, and I just remember the um, album Electric Landlady yes. as well, yeah. which had Walking Down Madison, which I wasn't so keen on. It was a bit more mainstream, but yeah. yeah. So many songs from those albums that I just like feel like, you know, when you have songs or albums that feel like the soundtrack to your life because mm. you know them so mm. well. I think those Kirsty McCall songs. I mean, the book I've just finished, my, which is nothing to do with music, obviously, or, or anything to do with them, all the podcasting stuff I do. The it's a handbook of user experience, research, and design in libraries. But the key thing is at the start, it starts with a Kirsty McCall quote because that's how important she is to mm. me. Um, and the work I do is all about trying to understand someone else's point of view, mm. their their position. So the quote I used was from Free World, the song, mm. if, I wore, if I wore your shades, could I share your point of view? Could I make you feel pe- better, paint a picture, write a letter? Mm. Yeah. And that's exactly what the work I do is about, is trying to understand people's experiences. Yeah. So that song just fitted perfectly. I've got my Kirsty quote in, hooray! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> The other the other show I wonder if it influenced you at all was oh, nice. um, did you, did you used to watch the charts uh, the chart show because I found that was a very good place for they would play a song because they liked it not because it was already a hit um, and, and um, I wonder if I wonder if, if you ever watched that show. Was that the Channel 4 one? I think it was ITV, but it was all videos uh, and with things coming yeah, up on the yeah. screen. And yes, 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 yes. I watched that religiously, but yeah. I just couldn't remember what it was called. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember always looking for the ones that were less mainstream. I mean, I think in its later days, that was where I first saw The Audience, which mm. is one of my favourite bands of all time, which you you will know, I'm sure, is Sophie Ellis Bexter's yeah. first band, and I just love it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I have I have that album somewhere. I was actually looking at some 
I was looking at a green vinyl of, of an audience single yesterday. Ah, um, we oui. what single? Uh, um, I can't remember. Pessimist is never disappointed. No, it wasn't that one. It was. Um, um, I know. I, um, I know enough. Yes, I know enough. Yeah. Yes. Um, Good. And, and I will. I will get it eventually. But it just gets addictive because not only was it the audience band <laughs> I like, it was a coloured, and it wasn't expensive. Actually, it wasn't expensive. But I've just been buying so much that I kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get it. Um, Sorry, I think I've moved too far on. No, it's no, the no, nineties, no, isn't it? The audience. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I remember the chart show. It was the chart show that got me. It's weird. Um, Suzanne Vega is is somebody who it's pretty much that one album, the album ninety nine point Fahrenheit degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that came. I think that came out sort of around the time I went to university around ninety two, and yeah. Um, and it was because the chart show played every single single off that album, and not a single one of them were hits. Um, so, so, but it was a really good sort of place to sort of dip in, and uh, and, and if you liked a song, that you know, um, they, they probably, you know, they, they definitely were an influence. I think they probably got me into the sort of things like Susie and the Banshees a bit as well, because I'm pretty sure they played um, like Peekaboo and things like that. When, well, when, one of my favourite singles is definitely Cities of Dust yeah. by Susie and the Banshees. I yeah. love that so much. Yeah, that's one of my favourites. So, so much so that when my son hears that song, or he says, are you going to play that song? He, he calls it the O-E-O-E song, because <laughs> he goes, oh, O-E-O-E. <laughs> so he calls it the O-E-O-E song. <laughs> also sounds like the pipes are... The pipes were rumbling at the start as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Were, mm. were you interested much in in sort of Britpop bands or bands that sort of? Band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was massively into Oasis. So the Oasis versus Blur thing. I was totally Oasis, like massively. Um, um, I, I was, I was more Blur, but I like them both. Oh no, <laughs> we can't agree on everything. Oh no, no, we can't. That would be, that would be weird. <laughs> But um, I didn't like them, but I loved their music. Mm. Um, Don't look back in anger. Particularly, it's like an all-time favorite. Yeah. Um, but it was—it's interesting because it was such a time where that that Britpop thing really so took over. But um, I was also just as much into Sleeper, though. Oh Do you yeah, Sleeper? yeah. I was very much into Sleeper yeah. too. Yeah, um, loved that album. Uh, the, um, the the It Girl. Yes, uh, and um, yeah, they're they're one of those bands who's reformed more recently and. I've only heard one of their albums they've done since, but I, I, it was, you know, they're standing good now, sort of thing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like some of the more obscure ones like Salad, who again, were, were they were a bit less mainstream, or a bit more weirder combination of okay. tune. And, and they never really, they had a song called Motorbike to Heaven and um, uh-huh. Drink the Elixir. They, 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 they they were they were sort of one of those ne- nearly you know nearly bands, but um, yeah. but I, I was a big I was a big fan of Pulp probably as much as Blur. No, okay, so so my my wife's a big fan of Pulp, and she she was there at Glastonbury when he, you know he did that stance mm. that that at the end of Common People when they did the main yeah. stage, and so she was always going on about that constantly. I was there, I was there. It's like okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, from around that time, my favourite band was probably the Wanna Dies. Do you know the Wanna Dies? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I've seen. So, I think I've seen them live actually. <laughs> yeah, I did. I yeah. yeah. Alex went. Alex was with me, and she went to from my podcast and my, my sister. Um, mm. And she was in the mosh pit at the front, and I was like, "No, that looks terrifying." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I didn't. Didn't like going too close. Although, although when I saw Pulp in Birmingham in '95, I was on. on, on surprisingly right at the front um and so which was which was a cool place to be um yeah but uh, usually i didn't because it's oh, too rough <laughs> but, uh, yeah 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 um, did you go to many sort of gigs around that time so um yeah because we were in oxford at that point so the zodiac which was quite a good place so yeah. we saw quite a few things there but that was also around the time that i got with marisa and we went to glastonbury for three three years in a row mm. and that was very much more her. She was much more muso and indie pop. Mm-hmm. Well, not indie pop, indie. And I was more like, I like indie pop. And I was like, well, I'll go, but we'll go to different stages. So she'd be watching, I don't know, Super Furry Animals or mm. Smashing Pumpkins. And I'd be at the, at the other stage watching Kinnicky. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it would be like, and I don't care. Yeah. Uh, this is what I like. <laughs> I, I never went to a big festival. I, I think it was probably because at the time I didn't always have sort of a big group of friends would have been going by myself and and, yeah. 
uh, I, I guess a lot of a lot of my friends that that you, that you know that we do podcasting with, um, they they're not so much into music, and I think that they hmm. they'll sort of admit that. Um, and and, and um, so I didn't always have people to go with. To uh, you could get somebody to go to a gig, but a we a Glastonbury yeah. was 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 that step forward. Um, I didn't really want to go by myself. Um, but uh, the, the connected to the Zodiac, actually, the first yeah. people I... I mean, I went to see shows with my parents. Like, mm-hmm. So I think I saw Roger Whitaker a few times and Shirley Bassey, because that's what they liked. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the first gig that I sort of remember going to was, was Supergrass and the Blue Tones as a double header. Mm. So, of course, Super, mm. Supergrass being connected to Oxford. Of course, um, yeah. They were Abingdon, which I lived in Abingdon for a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, yeah, Supergrass are another one that. Well, I, I do like the Blue Tones, but Supergrass were another of my favourites from that time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I used to go to a lot of gigs, but I, I, I not so much, not so much of late. But uh, yeah. it's sort of sort of going after work and then having to get back home afterwards it's, it's, very, it's all very well when you're in your 20s or 30s yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think the other thing about the 90s um, is that I, that's when I had my big folk moment <laughs> so mm. I got into mm. really old folk and started buying vinyl of old folk um, yeah. so Steel Eye, Fairport um, and like folk rock and kind of stuff that no one else was listening to at the time. And I just loved the fact that no one else was listening to it. And I just honestly, Alex and I would go to see our span concerts and we'd be the youngest people there by about 40 years, you know? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) And and we'd be dancing at the front and stuff like that. But um, also that led into the Oyster Band, which I I really like as well. Also folk rock. Mm -hmm. But um, so there was a big sort of folk rock period and that later developed into going to the Cambridge Folk Festival when we lived there. We used to go there every Mm -hmm. year. Yes. I had friends down in um, Broadstairs or, or friends who had, had parents down in Broadstairs, and they have a folk festival yes. down there. And I, I, I went down there and did. They had poetry workshops, and I did some oh, poetry cool. there. Um, but, but I, I was didn't didn't see a lot of the. But I know that part of the world is very is very um, very fond of folk as well. Now, seeing as you perform poetry at festivals, I'm wondering whether you ever came across a fellow performance poet who is one of my favourite people of all time um i think their real name's russell but they performed as rachel pantechnican rings a bell but i don't think i've met them (laughs) i know it's not music but amazing i went to one glastonbury and she was the best thing about the whole festival was her poetry Mm. anyway Mm. that's um um, oh yeah i I was i was gonna say yeah i've had moments where i've kind of wandered down weirder paths i I had a a year a year when I, i got very interested in um, Shocking Blue, who did um, the original Venus, uh, oh, yeah. and, and I started by. I think I, for some reason I bought. There was a there was a band at the time that I was still reading Enemy and Melody Maker at the time, and there was a band who have long since sort of vanished into obscurity, uh, but they were being cited. As, oh, if you like if you like this band, then then try Shocking Blue, and, yeah. and I I found there was a, a compilation, and I. Well, there's loads of songs by them that are really catchy, and yeah. and, and and there's all that sort of sort of kitsch value as well because it's it, it, of the time that they were um, doing stuff, and they sort of start off more rocky and kind of do get more sort of poppy as they as they go along. Uh, so I, I got all of their albums, and um, but again, they're, they're they're one of those bands that you find nobody else really talks about um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was in Riga once and I'm, we were watching MTV for whatever you know for, for, for Latvia or whatever and um, there was a, a pop this was in the noughties there was a singer called Bertine Zetlitz who was was sort of a bit like someone like Annie or or sort of uh, one of those sort of Scandinavian singers who's kind of well known in Norway or in yeah um but but hasn't ever really done Made that it. well. She, yeah. She, yeah, she. The weird thing about Bertin Zetlitz is that she was man. She recorded a lot of her albums in the UK with UK people, but still wasn't on a UK record label. So, oh. um, and, and so I've always sort of you know I was going back to I've always had that connection with uh, Scandinavian bands and 
You know, I, I love the love the cardigans and things like that. Yeah, um, I think the cardigans. Yeah, I, are, I love I love the cardigans as well. Yeah, good I the, yeah. choice. <laughs> I think the cardigans <laughs> are one. Cardigans are one of those bands I really kind of feel sorry that they stopped because they still tour they're still together but they haven't done an album for they obviously just want to do it to do occasional things but they don't want to do any new music which kind of is almost sort of like a tease really you can't think well you're, t- you're kind of together can't you just do an album <laughs> i mean i think um love fool is always going to be a track that i'll always go back to yeah mm. i love love fool yeah i think that was on the romeo and juliet soundtrack originally yeah, maybe right, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Now I've, I've got one of your Spotify lists. Right, so I just Shock. wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to dip in because I'm the, scared now. <laughs> the, no, no, there's just there's some some in your Spotify list that are particular singers that I like. Like okay. I, I notice. Um, I just wondered whether you know whether the tracks you've got in your list are one offs or whether you really like the, the singer in a, in a right, bigger yeah, way. Yeah. So I can see you've got Katie Tunstall, who is one of my favourites. Um, oh, you've got Black yeah. Horse and the Cherry Tree. In, yep. Um, it, it, what, what got you into her? Um, seeing her perform at Cambridge Folk Festival, quite near the front, and it was one of those times when I had John on my shoulders, my son, and mm. and we were actually part of the TV coverage. Oh, yeah. uh, because I was really tall and I had John on my shoulders. <laughs> that's, that's the only time I think I've been very visibly on TV, um, dancing and singing to Katie Tunstall. But um, that was the song Good Thing, I think. And yeah, yeah. honestly, that album is just amazing and unknown, that album. People mm. don't know that album. I, mm. Obviously, Black Horse and Cherry Tree. And um, what's the famous one? Oh, um, suddenly I see. Was that suddenly I see. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, it was me dancing to Suddenly I See with John. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, but honestly, such a good singer. And sort of like when people are known just for, for a few tracks, but then they have brilliant albums that people don't know about. And it's you just like want to educate people. <laughs> but there's this and there's this. <laughs> I, I like all, all her albums up to the like most recent one. Um, in fact, I think some of my favourite albums for her has, are her more recent ones. I mean, not right. I think she continues to improve and do great sort of pop songs and great yeah. sort of uh, I, I the thing i remember i didn't see it at the time but someone showed me since uh, that there was um katie tunster was like on jules holland and she had that thing where she kind of was able to record live but or but loop it and it kind of yeah. builds up and and, yeah. and you're like what what how how yeah exactly <laughs> proper musician proper yeah. knows what she's doing uh, the, the album was the album's kin that's i was trying yeah. to work out what the album's called kin yeah yeah yeah. Sorry. Um, and and you, you you just have to have lots of sort of to be able to to do one to play the guitar and do this and do that and I I, I can I can multitask. I mean, you have to as a librarian, but I don't think I could do do that sort of multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> I come come up with a with a with a with a, with a, a, a sort of whole song. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also noticed on on. Um, your Spotify list. Um, this is the Andy Music Four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, you're, on, you're, you're, I'm the judge. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I know it feels like it. Yeah. Um, you, you've got some Joan Armour trading. Um, oh, love I, and affection. Yeah, now love and affection is one of my favourite all-time songs, mm. and. Um, it's really weird because I only discovered recently that it's one of Louise Jameson's favourite songs. And oh, that's cool. like, she considers that to be a soundtrack, one of the soundtracks to her life sort of thing. Mm, mm. But I have a weird, weird connection with that song and Louise Jameson's. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> There's an episode of Bergerac, which I know you will know because you know I, I Bergerac love, more I than anyone. <laughs> There's the this, this, this scene in the, is it The Other Woman? Where they're mm. on the beach together and they're in his car and they listen to Love and Affection. And well, it's playing over it. Yeah. And yeah. they turn to each other and they're saying, it's funny, isn't it, how close we are? Now it's over. Do you remember mm. that scene? Yes. And, and yeah. they're saying, now it's over. Yeah. And you kind of think for a moment, oh, it's really romantic. But it's like, no, this is them saying goodbye. This mm. is this is the end of, mm. of Jim and Susan sob. Um, but whenever I was breaking up with anyone, that scene... Yeah. Yeah. And that song would go through my head, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's funny how we're close when it's over." And honestly, that's that is such a resonant sort of song for me for that feeling of like, "Oh, well, actually, it's over now, but we had a great run." Yeah. So that's that's an important song to me. So well picked out. <laughs> I I think 
I, I, I always think with love and affection that the, the verse, you, I know, I, I feel like I know the chorus more, and I think it, sometimes I'm listening to it, and I suddenly think if I'm listening to the verse. I'm suddenly think, not realizing it's that it, it's love and affection, and uh, uh, you know if I'm not concentrating in it because it, it's quite it, it's it's quite an interesting verse, and and, yeah. and, uh, and it sort of winds its way to the to the big chorus. Oh, it's yeah. just glorious. It's heavenly that song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now another another. I mean, you've got so many good songs on this on this playlist. We could I could, I could uh, go through all of your playlists, <laughs> but um, um, but I, I it's probably an obvious one. But you've got uh, Fleetwood Mac on there, um, and I, I love Seven Wonders, which is the one you've got here. But yeah, that was that was. Um, I have a very direct memory with this, and that was a horrible thing in nineteen eighty. Eight or 87 in which there was this horrible untrendy music teacher who wanted us to bring into sixth form our favorite singles mm. now ostensibly okay cool we're going to share some music at school but in reality this was an opportunity to be degraded and destroyed by your classmates at that <laughs> cool age of 17 you know yeah, yeah. and i brought in the Seven Wonders and um, whatever the album's called, um, Tango in the Night, yeah, and yeah. Tanita Tikaram, yeah. um, Ancient Heart, yeah, and and I didn't play the obvious tracks because the obvious tracks are Little Lies and mm. and what's the Tanita Tikaram one, um, uh, good, uh, good Tradition or Good Tradition, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, and I think it was um, the one about the window. I can't remember that one. So I, each person had to choose two songs. So it was The World Outside Your Window, Tanita Tikaram. And I think it was probably Seven Wonders from Fleetwood Mac. And I just remember the derision from everyone. And But then everyone was bringing in songs that I didn't like either. So I was kind of like, I don't care, but I do care because I want to fit in. And you really want to fit in at 17. It's tough. Yeah. But, um, so, but that song, that still come through as something that I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to have to wind up soonish, but I'm still yeah. going to jump into uh, uh, a couple more of your, your songs. I've, I've moved over to Andy Music 3 now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, well, some of the songs we've already talked about um, are on this one, including Cities and Dust. Yeah, um, of course, yeah. And, 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 and I noticed you've got Pandemonium by Pet Shop Boys. What, what's your relationship with Pet Shop Boys? Okay, so I bought Introspective. And I mm. thought that was amazing. Back, mm. That was back in 88, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. But that song is kind of like, that song particularly is kind of the wild side of me that I feel that no one knows. Mm. And that sums up that in a brilliant way. So well done again, picking it out. It's an important, <laughs> it's an important track for me. <laughs> and I, I love it to bits. And it's all the unspoken stuff. It's all the stuff that I feel and love. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's something that goes really visceral with you. Mm, yeah. Mm. I, I, I was, I, I feel like I kind of abandoned the Pet Shop Boys for a few years. I, I was very keen on them up until after very, but then that was around the time that Britpop started coming. And I think I got distracted, uh, but I sort of, and then I sort of came back to them again in the noughties, and I've sort of kept an eye on them ever since. But yeah, now I know we've mentioned this band in in some of our, our texts, but uh, Voice of the Beehive, you have. Oh, I say yeah. nothing on this list. I say nothing. Um, it's just so if Alex and I had control of a room. Of a, of a DJ, <laughs> if yeah. there, if you know, we could bet. I don't know how many thousand, uh, or a million pounds on that mm. we would choose the same song if we had one choice or our funeral song. We'd both choose "I Say Nothing" by Voice of the Beehive, yeah. because and now I'm regretting my strawberry switchblade comment earlier because it's probably this <laughs> song because it says everything about my relationship with Alex because we're so close and this is one where we just we literally dance like mentalists to that song and just it's just it's punk um punky poppy sort of i don't care what anyone else thinks um but it's also very sort of 50s um but also kind of go-go's um yeah i always thought it's very much like the b52s if you removed fred and just had the two girls uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and i think i think fred kind of spoils the b52s 
Well, I've learned, I mean, Beef Tattoo is a very, one of my favourite bands, and so I've kind of learned to live with Fred. But I, okay. I if, if the B-52s could just be the two girls, then I would prefer it really as well, I, yeah. I guess. I mean, but don't what tell else have you got? You've got, um, of course, Monsters and Angels and Adonis Blue are also kind of up there. But um, I think it's that, that's their second album. I think this is their first album, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's off, yeah. I had, uh, I, I think I was sort of, I was sort of into them. So I think I think it was a chart show because they played Monsters and Angels and um, uh, and then I sort of sort of went back and I I'd also had a bit of a, a madness phase in the late eighties and then I and I realised that um, uh, the the drummer from from Madness was in Voice of the Beehive um, <sighs> uh, and uh, I did I I did actually see them live but not. And I, I don't really know the history of why they were doing live stuff in the noughties, but they did a sort of headlining tour with the Wonder Stuff, um, uh-huh. and I can't—I think it was, it was somewhere in London, but I can't remember the venue now. But um, I, I quite—I don't dislike the Wonder Stuff, and, and obviously Kirsty McCold is connected to the, to the Wonder Stuff as well. Yeah. So that, but when I was at university, my my housemate. Um, who, who's a, also a Doctor Who fan, and, and um, our library course was kind of weird. I don't know if it was the same for you, but I, I found I went I went in there straight from school. So there was a, a group of our course who were people in there, like eighteen, nineteen, and then there were sort of mature students, and then there were a lot of ladies who who had had kids and were coming back into the. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it was a real. So the the younger people were quite the the eighteen, nineteen year olds were quite a small bunch. And also living in Birmingham, a lot of people from Birmingham were on the course, so a lot of them went yeah. back to their own lives. So, um, so, so the friends I, I had quite a small group of friends really because because from for my course and um, uh, my friend Kerry, he used to he used to play the Wonder Stuff a lot and Jesus Jones and things like that. So, what's, I, his, what's his surname, Kerry? Kerry Lane. You I know him. Yes, yes. I thought you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's my, he's he's my yeah he's my uh, my old he's 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 in Sutton Park and stuff that I've done and my video, uh, videos from the nineties yeah, and stuff. Funny. Um, I mean, I don't know him well, but I know yeah, more of him than yes. know him. Yeah, yeah, funny. yeah. Um, and and he played one stuff a lot. So for for, for a while, I sort of. You know, I didn't play them that much because I kind of knew the songs off by heart. So yeah. I, I think I had seen the one of stuff live, but when it came to the Voice of the Beehive thing, they were playing quite late. So we actually left about halfway through the Wonder Stuff. We 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 obviously we, we were kind of there for Voice of the Beehive much more than the Wonder Stuff <laughs> on that occasion. Excellent. And they well were done. they were they were amazing. They were amazing. And, oh, and well, I have never seen them live. Yeah, oh. I, 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 well, this is the weird thing. I don't I, I don't know how much that you know that was such a sort of you know surprise when they were doing that tour. I'm not quite sure what instigated it, but yeah. uh, um, but it, uh, they were they were very very good. But um, now oh. I don't want to, I don't want to stop. But I think we'll, we'll make have to make this the last one. Um, yeah. The you have um, some Shakespeare's sister on on you know, what's your connection with Shakespeare's sister? Okay, so I think everyone was listening to Shakespeare's Sister in the nineties when I was at university. Like yeah. everyone, male, female, whatever, and. Um, they were huge with um, Stay. And in fact, I remember with my girlfriend at the time and my best mate, Mark, we recreated the Stay video in my bedroom at university. <laughs> and I remember doing that very definitely in 92. And I remember also that I'm not, you won't be surprised to hear that I was the, um, I was the Siobhan. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but um, what was I going to say about that? Yeah. So um, I kind of really reconnected them with really recently because I went with yes. my friend Greg and we went to see them in concert and it was mm. their first, their first gig. Yes. So it was, it was yeah. back last year and oh, I saw them and it was just, oh, it, they were amazing. I didn't think they would be good live. I really didn't. We did a, an episode uh, sort of almost just about the fact they'd come back, back at the time because my, mm. one of my best friends, Harry, he, that they are his one ba- big band and and although he tended to go along the mass following Marcelo Detroit as as a solo artist um yeah. and and I've been to a few Marcelo Detroit things with him oh, Marcelo um, Detroit's brilliant yeah and yeah. and um it's just one of those situations where she may play quite small venues but she'll she'll come she'll come and kind of call you up to the stage and all the audience sort of surround her and 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 she'll sing a song with you about 
a, a, a couple of inches away from her, which is kind of. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I think the only other time that happened to me was when I went to see Robin and she came off the stage and, and, and just wandered amongst the crowd singing and everyone just, the way the crowd just parted to let her wander through. Um, I think it's quite, 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 this, this, this also happens at Sophie Ellis Baxter concerts. I should let yeah, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> She's very much gets in amongst people. Yeah. I saw, I saw her at the, um, the chapel, uh, the, the Islington Chapel. I can't remember what, if it's quite called that, but yeah, um, okay. uh, and I, yeah, I've, I had a really good experience seeing her. But um, yeah, yeah Sh- Sh- Shakespeare's sister. Um, I, I remember when I was at school when your history came out. I remember ha- Harry was very keen on oh, yeah, your yeah. history, and then by the time because the first single off um, "Hormonally Yours" was. Goodbye, Cruel World. Originally, but it didn't yeah, do very well. Yeah, it got yeah. to like number fifty. Yeah, and then and then Stay came out, and then they released Goodbye, Cruel World a second time, and it did a bit better. But uh, um, <laughs> still not great, though. Yeah, no, but, still yeah. got like number thirty-two. Was there um, Hello, Hello? They released Hello, as well. Yeah, yeah that, did, that did pretty well, and yeah. I don't care did very well. Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, there were quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of singles off that album. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that that concert was amazing. They're brilliant live, and that the song on the playlist I think is "Time to Say Goodbye," which is one of their latest ones. And their new ones are really good, yeah. honestly. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who would have ever thought they would get back together ever? Mm. That's just mm. astonishing that they did. Because some of these things, they they um, they get back like like Siobhan going back into Banana Rama. Well, that that I think she said that. You know, had they said that they do an album together, she might have stayed with them longer. And I, I think it pushed her into reconnecting with Marcy because she thought, well, there's more chance of us doing something as a, yeah. as, as a as a duo properly and doing something new. Yeah, uh, and it still look well, when I I pop into Wikipedia occasionally just to I know it's not I know that's not official, but uh, <laughs> just to see and they say, well, they they still says they're still together. Oh, so, does it? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, but so, they were so good live, honestly. Wow, yeah, amazing. Yeah. I, I should I should just ask because I see one that's um, a very recent. Um, you've got Physical by Dua Lipa, which I think is a, a wonderful song. But um, what what other new stuff? What directed you to to, to that song? Um, um, I think it was mainly because my it was my sister's fiftieth birthday, mm. and I wasn't in charge of the music, but <laughs> I kind of needed to come up with a list of songs that I liked, but also mm. my nieces would like, um, who are yeah. sort of eighteen and fifteen, and also my. Um, is he a step nephew? It gets very complicated, but anyway, <laughs> a younger couple, and. Yeah. And that list, which is Andy Music 5, went down really well. And that has things like um, Sia and Billie Eilish mm. and mm. loads of other stuff like that, including, you know, um, Dua Lipa and Post Malone mm. and everything. So, I think, yeah. I think, um, I think I can be a bit sort of, sort of well, a bit wary. Um, so so I, I think I totally avoided Dua Lipa and... and the, the most recent album until quite late last year uh, but i have one or two friends through podcasting who are like in their mid-30s who like who who, who sort of a bit more it, it, it know exactly what to to sort of what they're listening to so i respect that that their advice so yeah. um and and uh, i even i even went to the julie did a well, as did Kylie, they did their sort of online shows last year because they couldn't um, they couldn't do proper show, you know, proper stadium shows. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, um, Julie Lupa's videos are very eye catching and fun, and mm. uh, she's definitely somebody I I, I sh- should have discovered at some point. So I'm glad I have. But, yeah. Yeah, I find that I'm relying on Spotify to tell me what I might like more and more, and I think mm. mainly that playlist was based on other things I'd liked, and you like this, and it's actually an algorithm that's really worked. Mm. Yeah, I haven't been. I've only just really started using uh, Spotify because I've got other I've got other things that I use, and uh, but I had an account and the podcast, and a lot of other podcasts are. Um, associated with 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 us, uh, sort of on Spotify. So I I thought, well, I'm you know I must I must have a more of a look. Um, and uh, well, um, Andy, thank you very much for talking about music with me. That's um, okay, Paul. I've really enjoyed I, it. It's been fun. I, I, can you tell the listeners about your podcast before we go? Okay, yeah. So I have three, count them, podcasts, other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's Doctor Who World Enough and Time with my sister, which is a classic Doctor Who podcast, and we're now on in the 30s in our episodes now, so we've done a lot. Then there's the 80 set of UK TV drama with Martin Holmes, which is up to the letter X. <laughs> and then we have Martin and I's new one, which is a commentary podcast on the Flash Gordon serials from the 30s, which is called Space Soldiers, and that premieres on the 13th of March. Cool. <laughs> I'll have to uh, subscribe to that one. I've a listener of the other two. So, uh, yeah, good. Good. <laughs> well... Well, thank thank you very much. Maybe, maybe we can talk again in the future. Yeah, sure. that'd be cool. We can find that plenty of that. Scratch the surface there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. listeners that's about all we've got time for i hope you enjoyed hearing me talk to andy and uh yeah we will uh oh we might get him back again in the future who knows we could talk about all sorts of things anyway um that is what we've got time for uh we've got plenty of shows in the can as you know and uh well i've got a fair idea of what i want to release next but uh got quite a lot of different guests coming up over the next few months quite a lot of different sorts of shows anyway well you take care join us again soon thank you for listening bye bye for now bye now i gotta go now This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Ooh, such mysteries. He's <laughs> crazy. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. So, I can see a couple more songs of favourites on, on on. Well, there's, there's lots of there's lots of them. We haven't got time. For particular <laughs> ones. Um, I, I touch myself by Divinals. Um, yeah, I mean that's that, just a brilliant pop track, isn't just, it? I mean, it's yeah, just perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think they're they're another one where I, I picked up a greatest hits, and they they have loads of other songs that that are that are great fun as well um that uh, i don't think i've ever got to the stage of getting uh, albums by no i haven't yeah. which is strange but, considering uh, like that that song always finds its way onto lists you know now it's spotify mm-hmm. it previously would have been you know compilations and then before mm-hmm. that like tapes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, i also see you've got um some to power uh, what's your relationship with Tapao? Yeah, so um, again, that was one of those songs that everyone liked, China in Your Hand, back in the day. But it was I was more interested. I, I bought the Rage album, um, mm. and I think that was probably a year later. And yeah. the one that I really liked was Secret Garden, which yeah. I thought was just a really fun pop track. And they filmed it at a maze in... Oh, near... In, in the New Forest somewhere. And we oh, had mm. just been and visited that maze and then the next week the music video came out probably on the chart show and it was filmed at the maze we'd just been to <laughs> that was just <laughs> that was just really weird but um, it wasn't the lo- it wasn't longbeat was it because that, that no 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 it was more more west towards wales uh, yeah. I, I think um, longbeat maze is so massive that they probably would still be there now <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. imagine that a longbeat maze with with a very angry caradeco yeah. around <laughs> so, you just see a, a flash <laughs> of red every now and then <laughs> 
thirty years. That's my yeah, favourite Tapper song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a song off Rage that I listened that came to again recently called I think it's Island or Islands, which okay. is a really, yeah. really good one. Which is another one where you think, well, that should have been a single. Yeah. But uh, I remember uh, I, I like I really liked Heart and Soul, but I remember being a little bit resentful of China in Your Hand because I had a friend at the time who knew that I loved ABBA and he he really heard China in Your Hand and I was talking about it. He said, oh, is that ABBA? And I was, I was even at, even at the age of whatever it was when that came out, I was, I was just cross that he knew so little about music that he thought that to Paris sounded <laughs> like ABBA. I mean, despite the fact that ABBA hadn't done a single for about how six years he? or something. Well, it was just, it was just like how dare I be surrounded by people who know so little about music? It's, yeah, it's not it's not good enough. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's uh, something we just have to suffer, isn't it? Being around it pe- is. people, it is. Um, I suppose it's a bit like when when you meet somebody who likes Doctor Who or something, but you but they or they say they do, but you don't quite know, and you have to sort of put your feelers out and see well do you just yeah. know about the new show or is it do you know about the yeah. old show and what do you know do you just know the yeah. greatest hits uh, yeah exactly because because there's there's tricks there as well because they can say they know sarah but then you discover they know sarah from new who only yeah. and you're yeah. like ah yeah it's, it's very uh, it's, 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 a, it's a it's a tricky navigation <laughs> Uh, are, are they uh, are they one of us or are they not we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that that comes back to a point about my music is I think that I've always chosen things that I don't think are necessarily in, and I'm quite happy mm. about that. I mean, there's some yeah. things that come through and you follow, and everyone did follow the charts in the 80s and 90s. Everyone did, yeah. and it's a different yeah. world now. But but yeah, I I, I would f- like some obvious pop hits, but a load of other stuff around the sides. Like you, I think I go down these different weird avenues mm-hmm. and start exploring mm-hmm. stuff and come up with some interesting um, oddities. But I feel very I feel very seen by you today. The songs that you've <laughs> picked out, you've, you've somehow had a weird sort of radar that you can pick out <laughs> songs that mean a lot to me. So, congrats, sir. I'm scared now. I'm scared now. I'm scared now. I'm scared now. I'm scared now.